So we get there, and uh, there's a white supremacist prison meth head at the door. My uncle. And he That's all Katie's is, dad's side. I, yeah. I, and I still don't know why, but he is my father's protector. Okay, bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah. And he d- looks at me and is like, fuck you. And so I put him through the window of the motel. <laughs> oh, wow. Living glam, living rough, living with Jonathan and Katie. Welcome to Living with Jonathan and Katie. I'm Katie French, and I think I was a bully in high school. Really? I think I was. Oh my God, not surprising. I'm Jonathan Serdaral, and I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, I think I was growing up. Um, I think that like, you know, that episode of like 30 rock when Liz Lemon is like everyone in high school is the worst. And then it does flashbacks and you realize that actually she was like really mean. Yeah. I think that was maybe me sometimes. No, I know this. And I just want to apologize to my best friend from high school, Danielle Henderson, because she, I wanted a car. We were 16. I didn't, had, I didn't get a car. And then she got a car. And then I remember because she goes, called me. She was like, Katie, I got a car. And then I think I said, I fucking hate you with all my heart. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Danielle, that I ever said that. That's the most Jonathan thing you've ever done. <laughs> it was um, betrayal, resentment, hatred. All wrapped into one. And it had nothing to do with familial chaos in the background of my life. Yeah. I don't think there was any connection. Yeah. It was that. And I feel like I was like, um, I don't know. I think I'm just You mean. were a bully. I was a bully. You were so a bitch. I say it. You were a bad person in high school. I know. I, I should You're have. You're a bad person You're... with an ugly heart, and we don't give a flying fuck what you think. I am full of God's love. <laughs> That's a saved reference. We went from Romy Michelle to saved. I know. So you just started to bully people. Yeah, I guess that could be you. But I, you keep that under wraps, so that's not what you project to the world. That's not your rising sign. But I think that that's my... I'm a bitch rising. <laughs> you're, no, I think you're a and bitch. a slut moon. <laughs> you no, know, you're a slut bitch <laughs> and a slut rising. Um, I'm a bitch rising and a slut moon. Yeah. No, I don't. But I, I don't know why that memory came to mind. But just that I feel bad about that. And I want to talk. I wanted to absolve myself. I'm, I'm sorry, Danielle, that I said that to you when you got a car um i was i think the victim who then turned into the bully in junior high Mm. i was being bullied by my inner circle (gasps) themselves of queens the queer kids yes oh really yeah we used to and at the time were you like i'm not gay yeah but we all kind of like wink wink knew it but of course we were in a very oppressive christian school environment Mm -hmm. um very diverse ethnically but very like oppressive belief wise like everyone was like kind of like thinking the same thing or pretending to and we were the queer group it was like um you know three gay guys a lesbian this bisexual chick this like straight chick all of us different colors and we were just like the artsy queer it's a dream sitcom today it was true yeah it, it really was and we were like the misfits but there was like our inner you know gang leader which was <laughs> robert and he <laughs> Um, and, and he, I think what started to happen is I went through puberty. So I was like his little lackey, his goon. And then, because I was the newest to the group. Right. And so then I went through puberty and it hit me really nicely. So I got like seven inches taller in a period of a year and a half mm. and then got really thin because of that. And my bone structure started to just come out. So and you're like, I'm alive. sorry, I'm hot. I can't help it. No, people used to be like, people used to, the dynamics started to shift when this, like one of the popular girls came over to Robert. Okay. She, they never talked to us and went, 
Is it like weird for you, Robert, that your best friend is so good looking now and you're like still you? Oh my God. And that girl was Katie French. <laughs> uh, full circle. <laughs> Which is weird because she's seven years older than me, so she was fully, yeah. <laughs> she was a full adult by yeah. then. Um, that's so crazy. It's savage, right? Yeah. And so I think that started to shift the social dynamic, and I started to like really like take 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 some joy and control in my womanhood, you know? Yeah. Just and so um, I think it destroyed our friendship because I think he started to lash out, and then I started to <laughs> yeah because like. You know, when it's hard to be in a hot, semi-hot bench friendship, <laughs> oh, as we know. Hot, not hot at the time. <laughs> like, I don't think he was, I think, a late bloomer, meaning not started puberty. Mm-hmm. We were like in fully about to go to high school, still had not started it. So it was just very like um, that type of dynamic where someone is surpassing you. So I was like the one who he, he used to talk down to yeah. when I was like a little brown chubby kid. <laughs> but then when I turned into a tall, white, skinny person. <laughs> a tall, white woman. <laughs> a tall, white woman. I... um. Yeah, I think I started to act like he started to like he used to act and I and it ruined our friendship. And I like I think I like effectively ended it like and I think it hurt him, you know, and I remember actually sending him a message in high school saying sorry. And did he respond? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he did. So I remember back then reaching out. And of course, like years had passed by that point. So I was just saying, sorry, like no conditions, no disclaimers, because I can't even remember every single thing, like in detail, like what fight or what, who said what. So I just said, sorry for that, you know, because even if he started out the bully, if you, the victim become the bully, then you're still just as bad as the people who were bullying you. It's so true. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take down my hate website for you. (laughs) No, leave it up. We need those. We need those clicks. No, I am honestly, I am so grateful all the time. As much as I'm saying this, I really am so grateful that like social media, YouTube, nothing of that was happening when I was like a tween because I would have been vicious. I know that in my heart. And I know that because Danielle and I were at an NSYNC concert where Wild Orchid was performing and they were opening for NSYNC and Wild Orchid was Fergie's girl band. Oh. Pre Black Eyed Peas, yeah, and I remember because the whole time I was just screaming at them, "Go back to L.A., bitches!" Oh my god! And I was probably thirteen, um, so who knows what I would have done to her Facebook wall? Uh, you were in Orange County. Go back to, to LA. L.A. I was. I was so evil. I also was in denial that I was like, I don't think Britney and Justin have had sex because Britney's Christian. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, hard, hard stuff. <laughs> yeah, hard stuff. Hard stuff. So um, for this episode, we have one of the realest people in the game. The realest riches we know. Yeah. Uh, we have a delightful comedian from Orange County who has a crazy life and a crazy story. And we just wanted to hear some stories from his life and, um, you know, do that. This is a very unique one. Uh, enjoy. My mother was a prostitute and she decided to name me Rick James. <laughs> <laughs> The high school I went to in Hennessey, Nevada, is called Basic High School. Basic fucking high school. That's the name of it. They paint a B behind it. That's the biggest achievement. Can't even finish basic. It's just a B. Picture me going to a job and trying to fill out an application. First question on there, name. What do I have to put? Rick James, bitch. <laughs> I've gotten past that, you know? <laughs> Second thing they want to know is where you went to school. <laughs> I get real discouraged around this point. 
And I go ahead and put it down, basic high school. Now the third thing they ask you on a job application, as you all know, is your hobbies and your activities. Usually after I write Method Barbecue, I don't get the job. <laughs> I was not set up for success. Today we have on the podcast a very special guest. This is our fourth, fifth. This is our fifth guest, I think. Fifth guest. Fifth episode, fourth guest, yeah. But the first person I thought of to be on this podcast from the beginning, uh, he is a comedian from Orange County with probably the craziest life story I've ever heard. And uh, I'm very excited to have him on today to talk about that. Please welcome Real Rich. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm, I'm nice and high. You're nice and high? Yeah. You always are, though, um, aren't you? You I are like a legend to me because... Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. you are because I have heard about you for years. Right, right. From Katie. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you are an OC legend. It feels like... I don't know when you actually really started. It feels like you kind of just showed up one day. I did. Like, truly stepped out. Like, and jumped myself a, in, too. Yeah. You, <laughs> I did. Exactly. I just started being like, nope, I'm with y'all. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you always join gangs. And you can see, yeah. and you can see motherfuckers like... Well, we can't really tell him no. <laughs> so first thing they did was send Opie to come talk to me as an emissary. Really? They said the black Opie guy? and me get along like peas and carrots, like from minute one. Wait, was this at an open mic where you were sitting yeah. away? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so first I did, uh, I can't remember what it was called. It was down in like uh, Lakewood. Uh, uh, oh, that Perks. Was Perks. Per- Paradise Perks. Paradise Perks. Oh, yeah. And, and a couple of the people were there. Not everyone was there. And uh, I got on stage my very first time, and I was worried as fuck, and I was stealing a joke. <laughs> to, to start to do it, I, I was like, I got to start off with this. I knew I wasn't going to always do it. Okay. But, but, but you need to start. You need to, you, to you, you do these things. And I, I was like, I'm stealing this Eddie Murphy thing one time. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, but it's no so very small. <laughs> no, I knew. No, I knew. I had done research. I, this was after the Messiah thing with yeah. uh, Joe Rogan. Oh, so yeah. the first Shit. thing I didn't want to do is still no jokes. And I knew what I was doing, I was, but I was going to change it a little bit. Yeah. Instead of using the N-word, I was going to use the, I was going to say wigger. Okay. All right, just real quick. And I said it, boom, right? And uh, Paul Lau, my homie, Paul Lau, y'all know him, Paul Lau? I know Paul, yeah. Just looks up at me and goes, no, no. <laughs> and it fucked me all up. <laughs> And I was like, oh, shit, did I, did I do something wrong? I knew I had, like, offended in some way. Yeah. He didn't do it in a way to fucking hurt me. You okay. know what I'm saying? He did it probably in chatting with his friends because yeah. I just kind of glanced over who did it because I was scared to death. It was yeah. my first, very first time ever. Meanwhile, yeah. everyone watching you was terrified because <laughs> of the way you look. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was like, fuck. And then I just kept doing the little stuff that I had. And that was it. I think I have a recorder on my YouTube. Was he mad or was he offended by the use of the word or that you had stolen the bit? When the word came out, no, nobody ever said nothing about still the, the bit. Uh, the bit. Oh, it was the word. Oh, it was the word. Yeah. It was the word. But you're allowed to bit. say that because you are one. Yeah, that's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> People don't, they, they, you can't say shit no more. I know. But I say wigger. Must be hard for in in your world. Um, You got to watch who you say things around. Um, I'm not the best at that. <laughs> Uh, especially with the younger people <laughs> it's not the older people anymore that i have problems with this is younger people yeah. like yeah. i know not to use that word around an older black person they don't want to hear anything even close to it right and feel like they shouldn't fucking have to and i agree right if i know them and they know me then that's a different thing right um 
Work. Work's always a problem. <laughs> you're, are you always getting in trouble at work? <laughs> Work's always a problem. Right, Dub? Oh, Dub's not Dub's here. <laughs> Dub, Dub could co-sign for 20 years on that. <laughs> always um, a problem. Well, I wanted to have you on specifically because, um, like we said, you had the craziest life story ever. So I just want to hear some stories of your life. So tell us, um, where were you born? I was born in Hollywood Hosp- Presbyterian Hospital. That's what my birth certificate says. My mother told me I was born in Gardena because she didn't fucking remember. (laughs) Your birth? Yeah. She didn't remember where I was born. We found out together. (laughs) We found my birth certificate and she literally was like, oh. And I was like, what? She was like, you weren't born in Gardena Memorial because that's where my grandmother worked. Okay. Okay. That's why we lived. And my great grandfather owned a house in Compton. Okay. All right. So we lived in Compton. This is when Compton wasn't Compton. Yeah. But over the years, things changed. Yeah. So we're talking about 1975 when I was born. Okay. So my grandmother worked at Gardena Memorial, which is like two miles out of Compton. Mm-hmm. Gardena's right next door. Right. So my mother just assumed that I was born there. Okay. She wasn't really there for the process. Yeah. And fucking told me that for, for, for a good long time. And we found my birth certificate because we needed it for school or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom going, oh, right? And I was like, what? She's like, you was born in Hollywood for... I remember that night now, and I was just, I was there for that moment, and that was awesome. Why was your mom? Why why would your mom have not remembered that? She was on heroin. Yeah, she was on heroin long? all the time. Your whole life. All the time. Yeah. All the time. What was your like earliest memory of that? My earliest memory of the heroin wasn't the heroin. It was my mother getting shot. Oh, what was that? That was when I was four years old. That was one of my first memories that I have as a person. Oh wow. Um. So there was the story of what happened. Mm-hmm. For all those years, and then the truth came out later. Yeah. Uh, I was in the bedroom. It was nighttime, and uh, I heard like a bunch of ruckus. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the ruckus was. I, ca- I, ca- I remember coming out, and I just seen them walking my mom in, and you don't realize she shot, but they're they're, they're talking, and my grandma's like, cause my grandma was at Pearl Harbor. She's a nurse. What? Yeah. So she's just. Fixing my mom. She, she shot do. seven times. <gasps> now, she lived. Who who shot her? Okay, the story was she was on a date out in front of the house. <laughs> oh, shit. Out in front of the house in a parked car. Somebody tried to steal her uh, bag. Okay. World's worst date. Yeah, and when they, honestly. Uh, talk about a Tinder, a Tinder nightmare. Yeah. And when they tried to steal her bag, she stole it back. She wouldn't let go of it because yeah. it had her money in it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, heroin addict, that's like, you're, yeah. no, you we both need this, yeah. right? It's like a poverty war. Oh my god! And uh, so the guy just shot her, pop, 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 pop. And I oh remember her god. always telling me, and the motherfucker that I was on the date with didn't do shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is he supposed to do? Yeah, Ken. <laughs> um, and uh, wait, his name That's was good. Ken. That was his name, <laughs> Ken. God damn it, Ken. And we went to his apartment, went swimming one time. <laughs> and uh, so he was a cool guy in the end. <laughs> so yeah, that was the that was the original story. It later came out, and many, many years later, after her death, that she was actually prostituting for money Okay. while that happened. Oh, shit. And I don't know whether Ken was, I don't know. Wow. She died after I found a lot of things. Okay. The way I found out these things was, yeah. I have a sister that I didn't never knew I had. All my family died, every member. So I walked the earth with just me and my sons. Mm. No back past family. All of them. Every single one dead. And a sister came out of nowhere and was like, no, I'm your sister. And I'm like, no, you're not. 
and then I met her, and I, it, it was two seconds. It was like looking at one of my sons. And wow. you shared a dad? Yes. And how And th- So then I never met my dad. My, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I never met my dad in my life. And so the day I met my sister, my sister goes, well, he's in Harbor City. And they had told me he was dead from prison experiments. They told me he's dead. His name was Wino. Okay. And uh, they said he was dead. And uh, so I lived my entire life thinking with that complex. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I didn't call a dad. You know what I mean? And there were some moments where that really did me. Not in the fucking Huggies way. Because I had an uncle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was big. He was 500 pounds. Six foot seven. So it was like the biggest, world's biggest teddy bear. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. my mother's brother. Yeah. And, uh, I, but I never had a dad and, and, and fucking in my childhood that others would fuck with me on, on some parent shit. Yeah. You know, that was the first person I ever stabbed. I stabbed because of that. Oh, wow. And, um, <laughs> we'll fucking, get into that. We'll come back to that. Okay. <laughs> so they're like, yo, your dad's alive. Not only is he alive, he's in Harbor City. What? Not Harbor City. Uh, I'm sorry. It's up there north, uh, by Port Wainimi. No, Oxnard. Okay. Oh yeah, not yeah, far yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I get who I'm with at the time. I my, my the one I'm rolling with at the time, the female I'm rolling with at the time, and we drive out there. And I can't believe it. You've lived your whole life actually creating yourself from that information. You yeah, don't have like a dad. my dad's dead. So you growing up part like of your identity. so since you were born, literally your mom was like, Your dad's dead. Yeah. That's why you don't know him. Okay. Yep. So but I, I was on some shit like this. I said this verbally like to people my entire life, close people. If I ever saw my dad, if my dad existed, the mm-hmm. first thing I'll say is where's my check? <laughs> That's it. I preached that. Not only yeah. did I say I would preach it almost damn near, you know what I mean? That didn't even come out of my fucking mouth. Yeah. Dude was fucking the worst. Like So you she you meet this sister out of nowhere. She calls you, what happens? She my ex, my first wife calls mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and goes jim because she calls me jim mm-hmm. she goes jim um you're j- just calm down just listen to me because we don't get along yeah like why are you calling me yeah your sister just called me and i'm like fuck you oh because you don't have a sister yeah right yeah, yeah she's like no 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 and uh she goes she said a bunch of stuff she said this girl has been searching for you for 20 years and and she found me and I made her go through a bunch of shit and I didn't believe her either because yeah. I know you Yeah. and fucking, but she mentioned, uh, what did she mention? She mentioned something, Gardena or something mm-hmm. that only someone from that era of my life would have any fucking clue about. That you were right? born at Hollywood Presbyterian. That's no, it wasn't that, but it was something <laughs> close to that. It was something yeah. close to that. And I said, what? She, or she said my dad's name, something, yeah. and where he used to roll around. Something clicked. It was immediate. She was me as a female. You, like, straight up saw yourself in drag? Dude. <laughs> Dude, ask my sister. Are you a and pretty girl? Huh? Are you a pretty girl? You'd have to look at my son's <laughs> pictures for that a little more than... So, but you can totally tell. It's the personality. It's the whole fucking thing. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, my fucking God. Yeah. And, like, you know how, like, I grew up in a black neighborhood and yeah. I talk like this and everything? She's an essay. Oh, oh, she's a chola. Yes, she's a, she's a white chola. Yes. Oh my god, how exciting! Oh right, and then that also kind of clicked. Like, oh well, yeah, that, that, that makes sense <laughs> too. Uh, and then she, oh, I couldn't remember what she said. So then she told me, yeah, your dad lives out there. Oh, she told me he's gonna die in five days. Oh shit! So if you ever want to see him, go. And I was like, fuck him, because she already told me he's an addict and fucking. Oh shit. yeah. And how did your parents meet? Pimp and hoe. 
tale as old as time. Yeah. Wow. Camping yeah. home. Did but uh, apparently, no, they did have love and sure. whatever. It's junkies. Yeah. Junkie pimping her relationship. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so she's like, your dad's alive. Yeah. You should see him. And I went out there. For, okay. So well, first we, I get there. Yeah. And it's a, I, I, this is a great night. <laughs> so my ex was a lesbian. Okay. And she was a sheltered lesbian. She was cool as fuck, but she was sheltered. So these things would happen all the time that would just make her go like, dude, you're a Jedi. So we get there, and I look at the place, and it's a meth hotel. Oh, okay. You guys know what a meth hotel is? Yes. A hotel where they do meth? Yes. Where everyone's, it's a pretty much known. Isn't every, that where Jonathan's sex parties are? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're all my yeah. sex <laughs> No, I actually can't. There's a bunch of gay porn where people, like, literally are doing meth in the, I can't watch it. Yeah. I just, yeah, n- not my scene, but. Okay. So, um, I, when we show up, I tell her the police are here. And she's like, no, I don't see any police. You can't see any police. Yeah. Oh, and I know. go, they're coming right now. And she's all, what are you talking about? And sure enough, five police come. Because I can hear the antennas. If, if I'm in a dry area, I can hear a police's antennas. Mm-hmm. They whistle. And the police showed up. And she's like, motherfucker, you did it again. So I always remember that moment. Because those things always happen with her. Yeah. And fucking. So I have to explain myself to the police for about 45 fucking minutes. So did they roll up on you? Oh, fuck yeah. Because you were in a meth. I knew what was happening. They saw me, saw that place and went, boop. Yeah. Turn the lights on. How often do cops always stop? All the time. (laughs) I drive a fucking, it's not the only reason I drive it. I've driven Mercedes Benz. I've driven every, a lot of different cars. Dub, how many cars do you see me have? Good cars too, right? (laughs) One a year. One a year, easily. But fucking when I drive a Dodge minivan from fucking 1999, I'm good. Yeah. Because they just go, poor man, no matter what. <laughs> but if I'm driving any kind of nice car, it's like yeah. a week and I get pulled over. Yeah. Right. Well, what are you doing with this car? Yeah. So they rolled up on you. So we get to the meth hotel and I get through the police screening and then they roll on. So then I have to actually go through this life moment. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You ruin everything every time. <laughs> So, so fucking they do fucking ruin everything and of course they didn't believe me for like 20 minutes yeah. but see i hadn't done no meth in like seven years i hadn't done no drugs but pot that's it yeah so we get there and uh there's a white supremacist prison meth head at the door my uncle and he that's all is that's <laughs> I, yeah. I and i still don't know why but he is my father's protector okay bodyguard yeah yeah and he's D- looks at me and is like, fuck you. And so I put him through the window of the motel. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh right? That so was my got, entrance to my fuck- father. By you. He got fucked up by you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I opened the door and I peeped the joint and there's a, a old lady. Not like, it doesn't look like grandma. It's a meth old lady. Mm-hmm. You see him walking around Anaheim, West Hollywood all the time. So she's 20, but looks yeah, like no. 50. <laughs> yeah. No, she's 50, but she looks like a hard 65. <laughs> and fucking, and this thing is laying in the bed. And it just had its legs cut off. Both of them. Oh, my God. No, one leg. And he had that cut off because doing heroin and diabetes. Diabetes, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And they just told him, you know, you're going to die. And he's laying there, and I just walk in. And I'm younger at the time, too. I'm bigger. Everything about me was different. Yeah. Everything. And I walk in. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like, I come in with an attitude. And you also put his bodyguard well, in the window. Well, I also had to do that <laughs> shit. So I'm huffing and puffing. Yeah. I've done seen the police already. Yeah. yeah. This has been a long fucking day. It's like the last level of a video game where yeah, you literally. have to, like, destroy all the obstacles <laughs> before getting the final. So 
my dad's laying there in the bed and he and I'll never forget he he, he scoots back like in a defensive position from laying flat and that's when I noticed it's only one leg. Mm. And so what he had to do was like a serpentine motion. Yeah. And this the whole thing looked like a movie. He looked like the Gullum. He yeah. looked like me, but 60 years old and just, it Crazy. didn't look good first and foremost. And, and I was like, do you know who I am? Thinking he would look at this young man and go, God, that looks like me. Oh. Not a fucking clue. Really? I was like, really? Huh. All right. All the I'm going to whoop your ass shit is gone because the dude's laying there with one fucking leg and he's like 60 something years yeah. old. Yeah. It was none of that. Yeah. So I didn't know what the fuck to say. Hadn't done no meth. This is important because the first thing that he asked, he can't talk to me and he motions to his hoe and he's like, and she gets him a meth pipe and I'm like, mother and he has to smoke meth to be able to talk to me. Once he smoked it, he was good. He wow. could start talking. But nothing good came out of his mouth. You know what I'm saying? It was like, oh, I came to look for you one time. They didn't let me. Like, some shit. I don't know. Yeah. I never heard good things about him ever. Yeah. I don't know. But you, you go into it thinking you're going to see something. I saw nothing. Mm. I saw, actually, it kind of like, well, don't end up like that. Yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of times when I'm depressed, when I see myself going that way, just in life's financial ways, where I'm like, you're going to end up like that in the motel, one leg, mm. fucking smoking weed and shit. Yeah. But yeah. That's okay. That shit sucks. So- you wanted to go back to the kid I stabbed, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but really, wait. Did you ever get any? Did you steal anything from your dad? Did you take any money or anything? No. What, no? There like, was nothing there. Yeah, that's true. There was nothing to take from it. In yeah. fact, yeah. I shouldn't have done it. I don't suggest it to anybody. To you, I didn't get anything out a of parent. it. A parent? Interesting. I my, got Carrie out of it. Who was Carrie? My sister. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And her family. That's right. nice. Yeah. And uh, they're nice people. You should write a Lifetime movie. Uh, man. Like a family Christmas Lifetime movie. <laughs> <laughs> I got lots of movies that I could write. <laughs> so, wait, how did you... St- what, who, why did you stab the kid? I'm asking because my sisters have all stabbed people, so they re- they listen to this. They'll be interested they're to know. They're all fellas, yeah. Okay. And Christian had to write me about this because I forgot about it. So yeah. wait, you stabbed a guy and he had to remind you that yeah. you stabbed him? This is my first stabbing. <laughs> One of how many? We won't say, allegedly. Three. Cool. Okay, how many were wives? None. Okay, that's I've surprising. Never, I've never, I'm not, that, that's not my thing. Okay. Um, I was, uh, <laughs> my grandfather was dying. He died. And everyone, like all the faculty of my little small school in Henderson knew that I was fucked up. And they was waiting for this reaction that never happened. It happened in humorous ways. Mm-hmm. I was like a classic clown. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and really quickly, you grew up half in Compton, half in Henderson, Nevada. Yeah. And um, so when my grandfather died, my grandmother, she would take me to the casinos at night. To gamble. She would gamble. She would leave me in the arcade. She would, like, give me a roll of quarters. And so I played the greatest video games. It was great for me, but we wouldn't get home till like, 12, 30, 1 o'clock at night. The school knew, but they didn't trip. So I started sleeping in school. And I remember, I remember I was sleeping one day, and, and, and this kid, Jason Gage, that didn't like me and I didn't like him. And he goes, how come he gets to sleep because his mother's in prison? <gasps> Ooh. So on the way to fuck him up, 
<laughs> I stabbed somebody else. This other kid named Christian Bauer in the leg with a pencil all the way through his thigh. Oh, and fucking God. went after Jason, but then Jason was just a tussle. Nothing really happened right. to Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Christian got the fucking <laughs> shanking and uh, broke the pencil off and everything. Oh, my God. I repressed that shit. And uh, Christian, when Facebook started, uh, and uh, our high school has a thing, we all, you know, hey, friend, oh, yeah. I remember you, dickhead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking, hey, remember Jimmy when you stabbed me in the leg? <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. I do. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry, Christian. He's like, it's cool, dog. You know, memories, right? Because you're a redemption story. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, like, your mom was in and out of prison. Yes. Is that true? Yes. How did, like, how often would she go in and out? Well, the bids were different. The bids were different. But I remember one time she had a long stretch, and that was in the gang gang, gang years. That about for about five years. And what would wow. it be like when she would get out? Would she like come back and be mom, or and did you go visit her? Or? Different each time. I never once went to visit her. Really? Uh, was that by her request, or you just didn't? Or your grandma didn't take you? You know, it's everything and anything. All of those reasons. Yeah. yeah. It's sometimes even I was like just no because I had never done it before and wasn't. And I meant you go through so many things. Yeah. In that sometimes you think, yeah. do I really have a mom? Like, uh, yeah. Because I didn't know my mom. Yeah. I didn't know my mom. I remember little bits, yeah. and I knew I had a mom, and it was like, well, she's locked up. Yeah. My grandmother was my mom for a long time. Yeah, yeah that makes know. sense. So when your mom would come back, like, what was? It was always weird because, yeah, I mean, imagine you're the mother of a child. You just have this natural thing that I'm taking this. Yeah. So I would always feel like, why are we leaving home? Right, <laughs> right. You know, but I, I, I knew not to let her, and she knew not to take me too much. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times she would have to stay there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you have to have a. Uh, yes. Like at your mom. Well, there was a, there, there was the beginning because I do like I said when she got shot and everything she lived we lived in Compton. In L- yeah. 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 Uh, uh, but yeah, in Henderson she came back. See, when we moved to Henderson was because they it was after my mother got shot and then we had like a drive by on our house, but mm-hmm. it wasn't our house. It was just a neighborhood. But bullets came through the house and they. I remember them making the decision like we're we're, we're the leaving. family being like yeah, we're, we're out. leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're done. Yeah. we held out a long time. Yeah, you know. And now we're gonna go to glamorous Henderson. Glamorous Henderson, <laughs> and uh, uh, they bought a house out there. See, I grew up in a house, yeah. Yeah. but that the house was right next to projects. Mm-hmm. Right, first and foremost. Yeah. And the neighborhood with the house was worse than the projects. Oh, really? You wouldn't think so. That's what made me go to the projects. For sa- I started out a wh- like a white kid. A, a, not only a <laughs> white kid, white. not only a white, white kid, guy. but <laughs> damn near a white supremacist. Really? Damn, because my mother. Because so when she would go into prison, she would get. Not just that, the people in her, her in life. Her sure. life. Sure, sure, sure. I remember when we turned 13. Me and about 30 black children. Yeah. And, uh, Native American. What up, Chief? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we had other whites. Scotty Rob. Uh, How many white guys were in your neighborhood? Uh, remarkably, if you really, really add everybody up, there's a good 20. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a good 20. And we all have. <laughs> Was there a white Mike and a white Dave and a. There were no Dave. No Dave's. It's okay. The Dave was <laughs> black. Dave Lester. <laughs> What up, Dave? Anyway. <laughs> um, fucking, what was I saying? So you, when you turned 13. When we turned 13, <laughs> I remember we used to play basketball. We play basketball every day, every single day of our life. You go to the Boys and Girls Club, you play basketball. Mm-hmm. They were a little bit better. 
Okay. All my black friends were a little bit better. <laughs> they just were. I went. <laughs> I played basketball every day, every fucking day. <laughs> I had my moments, but they were better. And then we turned. It was like thirteen or fourteen. And the better meant a whole lot more. Yeah. First of all, all my friends had a grown man's body. Yeah. <laughs> Their grown man's body had come in. Yeah. Mine didn't come in. Yeah. None of my friends came in. None of, you know, the, the, their bodies came in at about 13. Yeah. Like, full abs, a chest. Yeah. Like, they didn't lift weights. How did this fucking occur? Yeah. yeah. You were just, we were just in the swings together. <laughs> right? All of a sudden, Charles, JoJo, everyone could jump over me. They couldn't just jump high. They could jump over me. Yeah. And they could do these miraculous dance moves. <laughs> now, you think that white people are on the outside and they go, I don't know how they could dance. I was on the inside. We lived in the same fucking house. I never watched them go to a dance class. We never all went to the Boys and Girls Club dance thing. It went MC Hammer. Everyone could dance except me and mine. Right? Because I was the only white dude out of them. There might have been. It's such a struggle. <laughs> there was a couple others. They lived. Uh, I was the only one lived with black people. Mm-hmm. Most other people, there was everyone trickled in a different way. Mm-hmm. But I actually lived in the fucking house. Like nobody was dancing, and then everyone could. It's like a switch hit. Yeah. And everyone could do whatever was on TV except me. Yeah. Except me. Sing, <laughs> rap, jump over cars. Okay. <laughs> Run faster than you can run away from them. Okay? Yeah. It was like, all of a sudden, I went from boyhood to manhood, but everyone else went to manhood, and I was still a boy. Yeah. So I just took tremendous ass whoopings. Yeah. You know, just historic. One of them was called Hurricane Palmer. Okay? (laughs) In the project, they called this ass whooping Hurricane Palmer. Because the kid named Palmer? Yeah, Jeff Palmer. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck that motherfucker. That's the dude that kicked my eye in. Literally, I'm going to have a tally. That's the 10th call out. <laughs> he kicked my eye in. Oh, God. Yeah, he kicked my eye oh, into my skull. Gosh. He broke my yeah. orbital. Oh, my God. Fuck. Um, Jesus. I did get my ear ripped off, though. Billy Ott ripped my ear off. In a dance battle? <laughs> no, in football. Oh, okay. Ripped it. You played football? We'll, t- that's yeah, a, football. That's we'll talk about that later. I didn't know this about He's you. I'm shocked. Ass, and it just ripped it off and it was hanging off of my head. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I had to put it back on. I'm devastated yeah. to find out. I didn't feel out. anything. My I son just, just had that happen to him. Oh, God. Really? He got in a bar fight and somebody oh, bit yeah. his ear off. Oh, And they sewed it back on. Oh, God. God. Who's biting an Why? ear? If you, right. rip, if you rip someone's ear off, I'm fine with that. But if you're biting someone's ear, huh. that's nasty. Psycho. Anyway. So you were 13. You couldn't dance. You couldn't jump. How are you going to survive in the projects? Hmm. <laughs> I was cute. <laughs> <laughs> I was cute. I was cute and I was funny. And then I had a, uh, it took a lot to bring it out, but I could be uh, prone to extreme violence, not just violence, like what I call white man violence. Like, oh, oh you guys. You mean American psycho school shooter? What are you talking about? And just, just when stuff. I fuck them, like I, I was stabbing kids in the leg at yeah. seven. So what do you think I did in my teen years when the movie's colors was out? Oh, yeah. And fucking, you know. Yeah. You also came of age in the height of gang violence. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. those were the years when it was eighties, nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Right? When it was actual the 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 
the thing to do. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was hot. It's everyone was in it. Insanity when you look back. <laughs> they were because yeah. they were, Hollywood was like co-opting gang yes. culture, yeah. movies, music. Yeah, everything. it was done to them. The reason the Crips started was they killed all the Black Panthers. Mm. So the people that came after the Black Panthers, Raymond Washington, Tookie, there's a there's more than just those two. They kind of filled the void. Not as good as the Panthers, but they filled the void. They had, like, community centers and shit. And then they immediately put all them on trial. Mm. So you just kept having these vacuums in the inner cities. And it's not just content. It's every inner city that's ever existed. Yeah. They do it. It's a thing. It's a, they call it Illuminati. They call it the government. All this. It's a thing. It really does happen. Yeah. yeah. They put crack in the neighborhood. Yeah. They right. didn't. We them. Nobody knew how to make crack. Mm-hmm. Nobody, you would hear about crack. We would talk about crack before it ever came to the neighborhood. Yeah. Then somebody came and taught them how to do it. Mm. Guns would just show up. Just, there's a crate of. Just a postmate. Yeah. Of yeah. guns. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we all, to this day, I could I could get you on the phone right now. I go, remember when the crate of guns was there? And they'd be like, I still don't know how to crate of guns. That's crazy. Yeah. As I got older and the internet, and yeah. I met some people, some people out here that were big. I met Freeway Rick Ross. That's uh, crazy. Do you know who that is? Um, Freeway Rick Freeway, He no. started, he ran the entire he was, crack He's the LA. biggest crack dealer yeah. of the West Coast of all time. Of all time. And he got, he's free. And he now owns a weed business. Big ups to Rick Ross, one of the nicest people I've ever known in my fucking life. Yeah. Oh. When he had nothing, he fed me dinner. So do you yeah. believe that these things were put in these neighborhoods across the country to keep black people down? Is that... I think that if you follow the pattern of the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, going into the 90s, if you follow a pattern and you do enough movie watching and documentaries and reading and talking to people, you have to mix all these things together and form your own opinion. Mm-hmm. My general consensus of what happened is it's a pattern. of They find a way to get not – it's primarily black people. And then they go on to the next level, okay? Yeah. They're, they've always been trying to create single mothers. They know that the children of single mothers will go to prison. That's a fucking fact. And what prison's for profit, okay? If you look at the pattern, heroin didn't just pop up in the 70s. They brought it here from Vietnam. It was all, the military did it. And while it wasn't the actual military, like it, it wasn't a... a an order. Yeah. The people in the military was like, I need to make some money. We're going to take it on this plane. Mm. But there were so many different versions of that in so many different ways that you can basically just say the military brought the heroin here. And then you see what's going on in Afghanistan right now with the opioids. We literally went to war with a country to defend poppy plants mm. for opiate consuming corporations right. that drug our own masses. Right. So who do they drug? It starts with the blacks. It always, every, all this shit starts with black people as a kind of like a tester, like a mini tester. But they always spread it out to the poor, and the poor is every fucking color person. Yeah. White, black, Mexican, Filipinos. I know fucking Vietnamese meth heads. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. And they go for the weak-minded. They go for the ones... Most vulnerable, I would say. Yes. Not weak-minded, Do I know why they do it? Man, there's a thousand reasons why they do it. Those who have want to keep what they have is the best version I could say. Mm-hmm. They keep the masses drug because if at any time we figure out in, in a unison what's going on, they don't keep their shit. Yeah. You don't. Tupac said it best, and he said that 
Napoleon said it. But he said it like this. At some point, somebody's got to explain why I ain't got shit. You understand me? Mm-hmm. And that goes for all of us. I, you guys stand up comedians. I, whatever rent you're paying out there is more than you can afford, unless you're being helped, which I ain't mad at you. But I, we both, and if that's just where but we know people who's going through it right now. Mm-hmm. We're all going through it right now. They're doing this shit on purpose. They've been doing this shit on purpose. They've been doing it my entire fucking life. It's why I go on white supremacy pages. I gangbang on there. <laughs> Tell me again, great race. What the fuck? First of all, my ba- I'm German. My last name's Holland. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. let's talk about Germany and the great race. <laughs> let's talk about it. Well, that's uh, the other thing is you all say to cops, you look like a person of color, but white supremacy dudes love you too because <laughs> of how you look. I get it. <laughs> The, uh, your, you have broad appeal. Yeah. <laughs> you have, you're highly marketable is what we're hearing. I had a black comedian. I was sitting in the back, and I had a black girlfriend at the time. And uh, he thought I was black under the lights, mm. which is the ultimate wigger status, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I hit. I, yeah. I made it. I made it, y'all. Sometimes those lights are crazy. Though. Sometimes I've been in places like stage lights and thought a black person was white because of the washed outness oh, of the really? lights. Yeah. That's crazy. Until I got close and I was like, oh fuck. Oops. Oh shit. <laughs> that's yeah. so wild. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. So you <laughs> so, um so you have a lot of fun with white supremacists? Oh, <laughs> it's the best hey, y'all wanna hear a story? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I got a story for you. I was at my lowest point in life. My dub had left me. Your Everyone, dub? My dub. Your best friend dub? Yeah. Why Everyone had you? left me. Oh, <laughs> I love you, Dub. We made up. Don't worry about it. Every, I'm just, cuz they know if my Dub left me, it was bad. <laughs> everybody, <It's> sweet. <laughs> everybody left me, right? I'm on the streets. I have to get this car. I have a job. It's like a $35 an hour job, but my car just blew up. I have this $1,200 rent. I got two kids. I got fucking all this shit. I just lost everything. My radio show, my fucking life. I have a job. I make I every but they my company it's a union company and they tell me, Look, Rich, even though you've made it every day, no problems, you not having a car is a problem. Now I can buy a car in one paycheck. I make a thousand dollars a week. It's not gonna be the best car. Right. <clears throat> so I take the bus to the company because they they say you can't work today. I said, Let me just come down there and talk to you. My whole life is riding on the line. It's the Eminem hoodies on right now, right? right. You only have one Spaghetti. shot. Spaghetti. <laughs> Opie's coming too. Spaghetti, right? <laughs> Motherfucking. I go down and I tell him, look, dude, just give me one fucking day. Because I have my rent money, okay? Yeah. I go, give me one day. I will have a car tomorrow. And which is, with no car, it's almost impossible to do. You got to get a ride to get the car, right? Right. Yeah. So I take the bus there. And I'm so amped up and sad because of my life that I walk home from Santa Ana to Huntington Beach. Oh, man. And somewhere at the halfway point, I say, fuck it, I'm going to take the bus. So I sit down at the bus stop, and a lady from the insane asylum comes and sits down next to me. And I've been in the same crazy house, too. It's where you go when you get 5150 oh, yeah. in, in Orange County. And, we're sitting there, and she's in a gown. And I'm like, this lady's on meth. And she was a meth head. And fucking, uh, we talking and everything, and because we're on the bus stop, right? And she's telling me, and I need money. And she's telling me, I get $1,600 a month in, in medical benefits. Is my check's coming right now. And so I'm scheming, right, in my head. And then all of a sudden, her titty popped out. <laughs> and, 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 it, and I was like, oh, titty. 
<laughs> out of the gown. Out of the gown. And we went home, and she ended up living there. Not my girl or nothing. Like, I mean, we did it that day, but not my girl or nothing. So me being a fucking jackass, I don't know nothing about this person. I'm just like, money, keep the place right now. Because that's what I was doing. I was getting, it was a three-bedroom. No, it was a two-bedroom apartment, but just me. And so I had to rent the other room out. Because Dub had left you. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I had to rent the uh, living room out at one time. One time, I rented the whole place out and lived at a fat lady's house. Um, Big Ronda, what up, yo? And uh, 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 so it comes that she's a skinhead. Okay. Not only is she a skinhead. She's like a jackass meth head skinhead that wants to invite other skinheads over, mm. which I was like, good luck. Good luck. I go, let them come in. So the first yeah. couple of them, I was just like. <laughs> 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 then this dude came that was in this uh, uh, prison gang called the Penines. Mm -hmm. All right. And that's a big, that's a very big white supremacist gang. This is kind of a little bit different. Yeah. All right. When he showed up and. I don't usually give these dudes respect. He was he was kind of a G. I'm not gonna mention his name. Toker. <laughs> and uh uh he was like, Look, dude, not not the lady that we're talking about, but she well this angel has said, Hey, I need to let this lady stay here because she just went through surgery and she needs to heal in my room. Okay. Well I don't give a fuck. Give me the money. Yeah. Uh turns out her son was the leader of the thing. And he shows up and he's even got the little thing, it's a swastika. Swastika. On his neck. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, my mother's in there. And I'm like, I understand your position. It's not good. Mm -hmm. I go, you cannot come in my house while I'm here with those on your neck. Mm -hmm. You, That was a choice you made. Now, I know you don't respect me because of who I am. But here you have to or we have a problem. And he was like, you know what? I did make that choice. Like, he was a very reasonable mm -hmm. man. But I let him know. While I'm here, yeah, I go to work at this time. I don't know what happens here anyway. So for me to be a fucking asshole and say somebody can't see their mom, I'm not here. Yeah. So we gained, or at least I gained his respect, um, which is hard because I'm to a white supremacist. I'm the devil. I'm the, I've I'm a. They call me race trader. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what they call me. Do you know that we did a video, that's, a YouTube video? Yeah. And they commented on ours, and they called me a race trader. Yeah, which is crazy because I look so white, but I don't you know. Do. I don't know yeah. why. I don't know if they found my ancestry.com oh, no. test or something. They, oh. But they were like, they were like, she's a race trader for sitting next to him. And I was like, this is the first time <laughs> <And> <laughs> someone just was, a bunch of white supremacists. So we did a, a we did a video. sketch, and it was how white people order like Vietnamese food. And yeah. the joke was like, we're at a Vietnamese restaurant. We keep making substitutions until all that comes back is mac and cheese and chicken nuggets. <laughs> it, it's just a like a it dumb. Was like, sketch, it was like a whatever sketch. You know? It's fine. Yeah. But white supremacists found it. They were so mad because we put white people or whatever, and so they were oh. like all this shit. We had to like delete a bunch of stuff. It was like right. Swastika. Was they it were, red ice people? What was that? Red ice people. I don't, I don't we know. We don't know. And then people, because I'm supposed to play, we're playing white people in it, yeah. right? And then there, it was always like people with like swastika stuff on yeah. there being like, in what world is he white? Also, he's way out of her league. And I was thinking like, <laughs> oh no, she's way out of his league. Yeah. And I was thinking, it doesn't matter. I'm gay. It, it's <laughs> a, and it's so clear in the video because I'm like gaying it up in the video. Right. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm, it, it was just. And, and, was and with so them, weird. that's a combo. <laughs> yeah. That's a combo platter right there. Sodomite. Right. 
That's they come right at you. So and they probably crazy. Christian, so you're a trifecta. Yeah. yeah. They just hate your ass. It was so crazy. Yeah, they like came. We had to like block them and stuff. Oh, yeah. We still, to this oh, day, yeah. on that video, because it went viral, yeah. get comments oh. from white supremacists. From, I will check my spam and there'll be new comments. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, went viral. So that means yeah. a million people saw it? It was Not like quite half, a, half a million. Half a million. It was like mini viral. And then what do you get? What's the prize? Nothing. Nothing. Not one thing from YouTube? I mean, Not a got, little check? It yeah, was like a, a but it was literally like a hundred dollars, I think, because yeah, it takes anything. so many views to get money. Right. Yeah. At that time, but yeah. it was anyway. So, um, race trader, race trader. Race. Oh, yeah. it's the race trader podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that. So, uh, it came a point when I had to kick her out, but she was insane and she would destroy the entire apartment. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had to call the skinheads to take her out. So we had to actually set her up like prison status, like just like because pr- they did the setting up. They were like, we got this. This is what we do. And I'm like, I know. They're really good at cleanup. And we sat across the street, like me, him, and a couple of my friends, and just watched this spectacle. Because I felt so bad for Angel. They drug her out, but she wouldn't She wouldn't. She She had the devil in her, you know? There was nothing like, and I'm not going to put my hands on her. And she did that thing where, come on, motherfucker, I'm punk rock. I'll fight you right now. I'm like, I'm not going to fight you, Angel. You're going to lose, and I don't win. Yeah. That's not a win for me, beating up Tweaker Angel. Yeah. You know? That shit was fucked up, having them have to go take her out. And then they robbed her. And that shows you the fucking loyalty. She's one of theirs. Yeah. And yeah. they just took her and robbed her. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, she's doing good now. So crazy. <laughs> so your mom, when she was coming back from prison, she was sometimes white supremacist, sometimes not? The first two times she came out of prison, she was basically white supremacist. The third time she came out, after I grew up, she was black R&B lesbian. Means she had a girlfriend named Taco, looked like Joe Frazier. <laughs> yeah, looked just like Joe Frazier. And uh, we knew, like, you just knew exactly the situation there because Taco was like, What's up, fool? Yeah. And my mom was like, The girl. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So you finally had a stepdad? Yeah, Taco. Taco was your stepdad. I had the only black dad in the hood. <laughs> Taco. Oh my god! Yeah, episode title. <laughs> episode title. <laughs> oh my god! Can you tell me? You told me a story once of when you were working at a strip club and like the worst stripper injury you saw. Now the worst injury I seen at a strip club of a stripper, mm-hmm. not what I did, was no. uh, uh, they do this move where they kick their legs up and they grab the pole with their legs and then they put their back. It's really awesome. Yeah. Like. And then it, some choose to slide down the pole. Some do twirlies. Yeah. And this lady. Twirlies. This <laughs> was before really kind of like people were there. Yeah. It was open, but no one was there. Yeah. And yeah. so they fuck around until people come. Yeah. They practice, talk shit, all this shit. Yeah. And uh, she saw I could do this one. And she went to uh, do that maneuver. And what happened was when she kicked her legs up to grab the pole, the shoes that they wear. The are stripper heels are daggers. Fucking, yeah. If you hit somebody with that, that's like a brick. Yeah. And it went up because it kicked off her foot. Yeah. While she did the move. There's nothing she could do. She's inverted. That shoe went up and came right down on her face. Right? And then she, from the position she was elevated at, fell right down to the ground on the back of her head. And she was fine. My God. It didn't even really fuck her up. But it was fucking funny, dude. Like, because they get drunk and think they could do that. So it's just funny. That's literally me and my 30th birthday. <laughs> that, she actually almost did that. She yeah. had everyone around her in a circle. And she was, like, doing, like, a dance on a chair. Oh, yeah. You were crazy. We were filming. I was drunk. Anyways. Yeah, you were you were hella it was That movie did that to the white women. Uh, <laughs> Which Pussycat movie? Dolls. Oh, Pussycat? You was mean those girls? No, Beyonce did that to Beyonce you. Beyonce did that to yeah. me. Yeah. So <laughs> we 
another really interesting thing about you is that you have two sons, and you had them when you were still a teenager. I had them when I was 20. When you were 20. 20. So you're still yeah, super twins. young. Yeah. 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 Twins. Yeah. Yes. That's so crazy. Yeah. And they were born boys. premature. Yeah. They were uh, two pounds, 10 ounces, and two oh pounds, seven ounces. Did they have the fur on them or the 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 feathers that preemie babies get or not? <laughs> no, they didn't have none of that. They had an incubator though. They had incubators. And but here's what's the trip. I was premature and I always told about it my whole life. Mm-hmm. I was born on, on on heroin. Yeah. Like I was on heroin. Were you really? Yeah. Oh wow. Then I was premature. And uh so I was me and my wife at the time were just like, Okay, they're premature. Cause we were both it premature. Happens. Yeah. So we're like, that happens. They're gonna be an incubator. So you didn't stress? Not at all. And but then it became four months. And uh, the, and it was really, so I, what we did was, since we wasn't stressed, we thought it was going to be like a month. We was like, let's party now, right? Because she had healed up pretty quick, right? Let's party, and then they'll come back and we'll do nothing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You were 20-year-old kids, yeah. Gonna, yeah. right? You were afraid of what was going to happen, you know? You're like, my whole life is going to change. And we did that, and then one month became two. And so then that kind of stopped. We were just like, what the fuck? Like, and we would just go to the hospital every day. Yeah. And then finally it was like, I say it's four months. My wife might say three months because it's, it's been a lot of years. It's been 25 years. Yeah. So they call us up one day and they're like, hey, um, come down here now. They're, we're releasing them. And we're like, oh, okay, let's go. So you're just thinking about that. Yeah. That's all you're thinking about. Then they, we get there and we're like, okay, we're here to get them, you know. And they're still, they're the littlest little littles, you I know. Bet. And they're so cute. And uh, then they're like, hey, no, we need to go in this room right quick. And we're like, oh, okay. And we go in the room. And as soon as you get in the room, you start to feel something. And we get in the room and we're just like, nah, what's going on? And they're like, well, we did this test on your kids. And they have what's called cystic fibrosis. And that's a disease that only two Germans can get. And the chances of them get is one in four, and you have to both have it, and then your genes mix, and you give it to your kids, and um, they're going to need 24-hour-a-day treatments every four hours, lung treatments, and they're going to need a special diet because they can't hold food in their stomachs at all. They just make liquid every time. And they need all these vitamins and minerals because they can't absorb food, and you have to put all this on a clock. Everything has to be sterile. This is what they're laying out for us just in a meeting like that. We're speechless. Oh, my God. And they're like, oh, and usually they don't make it past 18 anyway. That's what doing all this. They don't even make it past 18. So, but every case is different. So here's your pamphlets and your equipment and your beaters. The beaters you have to beat them with. Mm-hmm. And uh, your to machines. To like loosen the phlegm in there. And thing. your fucking tubes and your fucking everything. And my stripper wife turned into fucking that show house. In one, this is a mother's love. Make no mistake, because I seen this. We were just kids. We smoked weed. Every once in a while, we might do a little tutu. You know what I'm saying? That was it. That was it. We was, you know. And she went to the apartment. I think it might have been like half a day. She didn't talk a lot. But when she did, it was like a different person. And I was just quiet. You know, I didn't know what the fuck to do. All I knew is I was going to help. I get emotional. Yeah. Dad. They're not going to die. Yeah. Promise. So, because the way they explained it, the more work you put in, the better chance they have. Well, then. All the work. We good. Yeah. So, 
she turned the whole apartment into a medical, sterilized entire apartment, sectioned off things, made schedules, mm. fucking, and just that's what it was. Right. Now, these are infants with a diarrhea problem. Yeah. Oh, God. So basically with the schedule, with the pills, with the ADEX, that's vitamins, ADEX, ADEKS, uh, with the saline that they needed, with the selenium, with the uh, albuterol treatments, with the beatings, with the feedings. You have to feed them every four hours because they don't gain weight. So you have to, they're going to die. They'll die if you don't do th- every one of these things. There's not one thing you can't do out of it. So we did it. That's what we did. That's what we did. That was our life. And, you know, fucking, that shit was crazy. This shit was fucking crazy. So we're living in Vegas at the time. We just so happened to have one of the best cystic fibrosis clinics in the entire world. Just fate. Dr. Diaz. Uh, And when he got him, he was just like, God, look at them. They're so small. Dude, each one fit right here. My hand ain't changed in all them years. Fit right there. Bam, bam. Like nothing. We had to cut diapers in half. The smallest diapers, you had to cut them in half with scissors. Oh, my God. And they would just do mad diarrhea. And it's this it's a diarrhea with all acid in it, Ugh. guys, because they don't have what cystic fibrosis does, it blocks the ducts, your pancreatic ducts. And what your pancreas does is produces an enzyme that offsets the acid in your stomach so that you can properly digest things. Hmm. Okay? We have to give them a that enzyme in a pill form. Yeah. Now at that little you literally have to open the pill and the dose they take are three of what we called granules, mm. right? The little, the little poly thing. Three of those in a horrendous mix of food that smells so mm. bad because mm. it's the number one baby gaining food. Plus, we were adding butter and milk. Just as many calories as and, possible. And that was just from us. Wow. Well, right. they tell you add yeah. as many calories. So yeah. we're, we're just thinking butter and milk. Yeah. And that's that. And. It was crazy. We never slept. We never slept. And how long did it? Did you have to do that process all the way until they were eighteen? Because they're grown men now. Yes. Yeah. It it starts to taper off in both you. So their treatments eventually go to about. So they do diagnosis and see where they're at and see what's going on. And they they're like you know. You can lower it to three treatments, and but if they get sick, they gotta go twenty four hours. Like, yeah. and they get sick a lot. So it kind of tapers. And then at some point around 15, because, okay, what happened was we were poor. And we had to make all these doctor appointments every day in the heat of Vegas. And we were taking the bus, and they went, no. Mm-hmm. They just went, no. The Cystic Fibrosis Foundation gave us a car. Wow. The dude that brought the car had CF. That's how they got the car. Aww. He was 30. I don't remember this man's name, but he's a god to me because 30. Eight, they said 18. Yeah. This dude showed up at 30 with a cigarette. Oh, God. <laughs> Shit. Okay. And he goes, look, oh I God. know everything you're going through, children, because we were babies. Yeah. Look, uh, when they get about 14, 15, everything that you've put into, they're going to tell you to fuck yourself and do what they want. And there's nothing you can do. We take care of ourselves at that point. We know what's going on better than you. We feel it. But. I think we got to wrap this up. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell y'all something. There's a cure. And they gave my son the cure. 
And he told me the other day, dude, it's the most amazing thing in the world. They found a cure for cystic fibrosis. This is a disease that in the Middle Ages ravaged, ravaged people. Wow. You cough up. There's movies about coughing up blood. There's many. Yeah. Yeah. What What's the cure? Uh, pill, some pill. So, and your son took it. Yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. My other son's waiting to do it. Yeah. Uh, he'll do it, cause uh, they've been making fun of him when he coughs now. <laughs> yeah. <so> that's <laughs> hey, that's their humor, yeah, right? Of course. That's yeah. the survivor's humor right there. That's so uh, crazy. Yeah. Man, He's fucking that's- doing good. Now, if he just quit being a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Call out number twenty-five. <laughs> now, well, can I pers- ask? Um, what brought you to the like the comedy community at that like after all this that happened in your life like what brought you to well yeah uh i get fired a lot you know (laughs) yeah saying (laughs) stupid shit yeah and and all of us comedians have one thing in common we've been told by numerous people you should be a comedian shut up i'm here trying to make us laugh you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying but i had a radio show that was semi-successful and that went away and uh I had to figure out something to do where I didn't have to depend on nobody else. And the only thing that could come to my mind was this. And I knew I had stories and I knew like I do. I was doing stand up at work for a lot of years just to make things roll by because we do construction. So you make fun of each other and you try to get shit as harsh and funny as possible. You yeah. even do bits and shit yeah. like, you know, Yeah. and uh, that's how I met Dub, you know. Yeah. And that's it. so after the radio show and going homeless again and fucking. All this the divorce and all this shit. I fucking, I was like, I got to do something because I got a taste for this. I know I'm supposed to do something, you know. And uh, I, I just said, stand up. I said, you've always been scared of it, but you always loved it. Because when I was a little kid, four and five, we had the records. And I used to play them when I would go to sleep at night. And I played them all my life. All my life. Sam Kennison, uh, Richard Pryor, Louis Anderson, Live at the Guthrie. Uh we had all these albums. Oh, we had one George Carlin album, the one with the stuff. Like, you know, everyone had these albums back yeah. in the day. And I would just play them and go to sleep. But I wouldn't fall asleep. I would giggle and shit. And then on through my teen years and everything, I would put the tapes in. And then now I'd listen to YouTube, you know, Bill Hicks. And uh, I just was like, I could do this. I know I could do this. And one of the things about almost getting famous on radio was, man, these motherfuckers don't even know what I, what, like, they don't even see what I got going on. And, I'm being told by famous people, dude, you got something going on. Because on my radio show, all we did was interview people from Hollywood, uh, from music groups, from fucking wrestling, from all sports, everything. Yeah. And they would be, we would go get high and hang out and shit. And they'd be like, you need to do this and you need to do that. And so I was like, the only thing I could think of was this. And here we are. And I try acting too. I do acting too. But I don't get a lot of, you know. We're um we're coming to the end of our time here. Okay. Um, But Rich, thank you so much. That was like, three stories out of a thousand that you have so hopefully we'll have you back um where can we find you and you have a new podcast right i got a podcast (laughs) on the fuck yeah nation uh this called no one right way and um i like to get this information out katie because i'm trying to be young (laughs) uh on instagram (laughs) i'm real rich radio right and on twitter i'm at real rich 750 and if anybody want to fight with me on BitChute, I'm at Ugly Bear Amy. <laughs> Thank you very much. All Thank right, you so much. Rich. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Living glam, living rough, living with Jonathan and Katie.